0: I'm James Duncan, National Healthcare Leader at SEEK, Australia's largest employment marketplace. Each week, the healthcare team dissects the workforce data from healthcare with what we're hearing from talent acquisition leaders at the front line. This is SEEK's Health Check, where we aim to share our learnings from the healthcare marketplace. Hello healthy people hope this finds you well here we are again another uh, another another seek health check in health check always oh, throw the yin in don't i it's you can have me. the yin in can i, come I throw yin in, throw in, in? Yeah. Whatever. um i quite like the gray you notice i just i don't normally wear gray um, and i feel it looks quite nice actually
1: they <laughs> <laughs> say that you should dress for the job that you want
0: and i inadvertently have done that today I think I look good and grey. Well, I, I don't normally want it. Seems to go with all my shorts as well, all three of them. So um. Yeah.
2: And your hair too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> is
0: it great because it's grey? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's stop talking about greyness. This is not going to be a grey podcast, actually. It's going to be a very bright one. We had a fantastic, well, Matt organised a fantastic roundtable uh, last week um, with, what What was it, Matt, maybe 10, 10 or 12 care services clients, um, the real focus was on, on technology uh, right across the board uh, from sort of payroll, ATS, um, onboarding uh, all the way through actually, it was really good. We're going to dig into that. I think what's happened a bit off the back of COVID is probably three things that happened. A lot of, a lot of clients trying to save money um, was one big thing technology was a second big thing which which I guess led to that roundtable and, and culture was the other big thing that sort of how do we improve that uh, lift retention all that sort of thing So in that technology bucket was uh, screening assessment selecting these those kind of things um, so that roundtable was was super informative uh, Matt do you want to you want to kick us off here and just do you want to give us some background on on where it came from and I guess then move into what we learned um,
3: look I, I think over the last six or seven months, yeah, there's always conversations around technology given six technology company but i think it's, it's it's been definitely pushed to the forefront through covid and that could be anything from your ats provider through to skill assessment reference checking group assessment there's a whole heap of, of factors involved and it occurred to me that i've got um, a pretty unfortunately, I've got a pretty broad cohort of customers where some have been through the process and, and learned some really valuable lessons, and others are really just at the start of that journey. And so I thought connecting individuals who are able to share those experiences would be there be a lot of benefit for for people at each, every stage of the the process. And what we and I was really fortunate that I had a, a key customer that was essentially a keynote speaker. And he was able to talk us through his experience and you know, some of the things that he had to think about when he was assessing vendors, um, some of the internal conversations we had to have, some of the considerations that he perhaps wasn't aware of that, that became pr- pretty, pretty focal points once the process had started. So all in all, it just enabled a really good um, in-depth, um, but, but incredibly useful conversation around the benefits of getting tech right. Essentially.
1: Um, it's really interesting how there's not, I, I say a version of fear or I don't think it is. I just think it's a bit of a change and, and maybe a worry that we hand over too much to technology within the recruitment flow and HR in general. Right? However, we have these gigantic HRIS systems in the world and they solve problems. They make things more efficient. And so where they're already existing, the common parts of the recruitment process, advertising your positions, searching for people, um, your offers, your contract management, you know, now even performance management, majority of that is is online. And everyone's managing that online, at least in corporate Australia. And so it's it's just an evolution that all the other bits that are still manual. Or still face-to-face will end up being technology so if i think of of you know group assessment screening kind of um engagements we've always done those face-to-face and i did one back in i think it was either march late february or march it was hot that's all i remember so it must have been the start of the year for with one of my clients i went to their group assessment thing at an aged care home and the good thing about that is we brought them into the home they could see the environment they'd be working in they then answered the standard questions you know you introduce your partner sitting next to you at the table um, you introduce who you are what your experience is we check for the main thing we're checking there right, is their communication skills um, were they on time how do they appear all those sorts of things that we're, we're assessing for in a group group situation and then COVID struck and we couldn't do it and that same client then to online assessments, moved the whole thing onto online assessments. Just earlier this week was giving me some insights into it, was saying that they would normally have a 35% drop off rate. So they would have invite 20 people, 35% wouldn't show up. So they have 65% attendance rate normally. And they just got used to that. That was the numbers, it's a game of numbers, invite more people, get that drop off. They now have moved that online and it's an 86% completion rate. So there's still a drop off of people that don't complete it and they're still doing the same thing of posting the job ad, looking at someone's experience and then inviting them to the group assessment. But instead of having to set a date and time for them to come take time off another job or get there by tram or something like that, they just do it online at their own pace and they have an 86% completion rate. Right. And since COVID, because obviously carers, food service assistance, etc., cetera, um, since that started in five weeks, they hired 17 months worth of people by moving it online. Wow. So with the volume that they would normally do in 17 months, they did in five weeks because of the technology yeah. that was yeah. assessing them.
0: Do you think this, I mean, I just, I'm just i sort of up in Brisbane and we were talking about going, we I could have gone back into the office this week and I some did and I didn't. But I just wanted, is this COVID impact, is this happened because of COVID impact and therefore when everyone goes back to the office or when everything gets normal, all this technology, it all fades away and then we just all go back to doing assessments um, person to person or is this technology here to stay? What are your thoughts there?
2: I I think it's going to be a little bit of a mix of that because it's really helped to build efficiencies within businesses. Um, But in saying that, I think it's also about whether or not candidates are comfortable with it. People have had to get comfortable in the uncomfortable with COVID. So, you know, I've spoken to um, clients before whereby they've tried video screening, they've tried these different tools and, They've had a really low completion rate, but now if you want a job, you have to do it, right? So, I think that it potentially will remain um, because of the efficiencies. But I think that the candidates, or you know, the people applying for the roles, are just more open to it now as well because we've been forced.
3: I've definitely heard that. I mean, you, you, just to play devil's advocate, i remember talking to one customer, and they have said that some of the intangible, well, I suppose it is tangible value that they get from group assessments is. I mean, he gave the example of, of, you know, he would look out the window and he would see people arriving and that behavior from them, you know, getting off the bus or getting out of their car and walking to the building for the assessment was a real eye-opener. So as a, a, I suppose, a basic example, if they had a cigarette and and flicked the butt on the ground or they dropped some litter or, or whatever they did, he felt that that was more of an eye opener than anything that would happen in the assessment center. So I'm just, I guess, curious to see or hear everyone's thoughts on that. Whether, whether, I, th- I yeah. think we I should, like there might be a hybrid down the track. Yeah. I think we
1: probably shouldn't tell Nicola who does our unconscious bias training about that <laughs> about that example, because what we're assessing for is skill of someone's ability to do it. And you're right. Like the, the fact that we get them to come in so we can see how they're dressed So we can see what they, you know, we make all these judgments about them based on what they're wearing, how they speak on, as opposed to in a clinical environment, their clinical skill to care for other people. So really, it's a really interesting fine balance. And I would almost back the technology to better assess someone's capability of doing the tasks than what a human would do by looking at the person or reading their resume. Um, the, the, I think the jury's out but there'll be plenty of people that agree with me, plenty of people that disagree with that one. Um, but I do think that that force nature of it, it's been forced on us and we've had to adapt and use it, will create the stickiness. But with any, like with any technology or change within an organisation, if anyone who's introduced a new HRIS or a new CRM or something like that, I mean, it's such a big job and the, the success of that is based on the project management team and the team that implement it and carry it out and the support that is given to the organisation. Because if you say to a hiring manager, we're changing a process in the recruitment, now everything's online, and then just give it to them and don't train them and don't support them and don't give them the why, they won't use it and they won't adapt to it and the system will be a failure. But if you have someone who's passionate leading the change and bringing in these new products and tools, then it will be good. So that still needs to happen. So while we've been forced to use assessment tools or technology, whoever's the one that's decided this is the the system we're going to use and this is the provider we're going to use still needs to be passionate and put the supports around it so that it is successful. But otherwise, when we go back to biased, slow, manual, expensive you know processes to to assess groups,
3: yeah, it's a good point. I think um, you know I've seen countless examples or heard countless examples of. Uh, different customers, all using the same system, all having completely different experiences, and you know, ultimately it comes down to h- how do you train the people, how do you get buy-in, and yeah, it's the tool's a tool, and it's it reaches its potential based on the capacity of the people to use it to its best potential.
1: You know, interestingly, when I was talking, I was talking to the same client who had done this big bulk of recruitment for carers and and residential assistant type roles. And so that was one chunk of it. So that's an en masse need, lots of people in the funnel as quickly as possible and hire them. And then there's always been the argument going, yeah, but for niche roles, hard to fill, highly skilled roles, assessment tools aren't good for that. And... I disagree. If you're gonna give someone a really basic group assessment type questions, then yeah, sure, it's not gonna be that useful. But um, the same same client in aged care is using it for registered nurses. And um, again, they can't come in to actually physically demonstrate their ability with wound management or medication or whatever. So they've created a one hour long assessment on the skills that are required of an aged care nurse I go immediately I went like an hour I'm like no, no one's going to complete this hour long survey it has had a 83 percent completion rate for the nursing one hour long screening tool screen assessment online assessment and five percent of people of nurses who complete the assessment are hired or the offer is gone to them so you only need one nurse generally might need two might need three might need four but if you get in 10 people or 20 people that have finished that assessment and you've got a higher rate like that, that will keep growing, you'll be able to refine down the assessment tool. Because the big thing about this, the stickiness, what you what you asked just before, Cara, is is it going to stay? The big thing is, again, how well you nurture it, but how will you review it? And you have to review systems like this every 6 to 12 months. Like you've got to stop and go. Has this? What has the impact has been? Great. We're hiring more people. And we're hiring them faster. Are they as good? Maybe then we need to change up. Do we need to change the provider? Do we need to change the assessments? Do we need to change the way they're invited? The whole process. Like that. That will. That will prove the viability of it in the long run if you can review it, and change where you need to.
0: Kara, you've got a, a big one of Australia, quite a large uh, company that's national. Um, that did a lot of assessment for mental health nursing uh and did something around grad recently i mean how have they have they found it's sped um a lot of their recruitment processes up as
2: well yeah absolutely but in saying that they've they've found that the the process has sped things up but they change providers um for for a similar for a similar outcome just for the user experience but i think and jd you were in the meeting with me so i, I got to jog my memory here but i feel like they were they've reduced their, they've cut their time to hire up by half was it half or was it
0: i felt like it was like drastic, like they they moved four weeks into one day sort of thing like they four wow. weeks into into one week i think the assessment they did the assessment in one day and then the next day they did a phone screen uh, then the next day they did the offer and the yep. onboarding and then the next day they sent the gear out because there was some, you know, a lot of there was a lot of regional um So within a week they had them assessed, placed and onboarded pretty much. Yeah.
2: But there was also this conversation around uh, it was taking too long and that's potentially too quick. So they need to find their their normal and find their, you know, COVID normal as we call it. But potentially it was taking, you know, a month and a half. Now it's taking a couple of days. They probably want it to take in an ideal world two weeks you know
1: I think that's something that you should demand like if if anyone out there is exploring this I think that's something you should demand from the supplier is what is best practice and how long should this actually take because they're the ones like if I think about myself someone should be asking me how long would it take to get enough applications to switch off an ad or something like that. like we get asked a million different questions a day like I'm meant to be the expert so the, the equivalent of us at that provider that you're speaking to really rely on them because it's not just you're making an investment in, in this type, type of technology to be really relying on what they advise and, and how to do it. Because again, it's a setup of these tools and rather than trying to find out that gee, one day is too fast and four weeks is too slow and finding it, someone else has the answers.
0: You're, you're right, Colin. Matt, I'll, maybe I'll throw to you here from that round table. I think one of the things I learned uh, with technology was he, he, he was sort of saying, I want my peers... You know, sure the providers can tell you all about it, but he was like, I oh, want my peers raving about a product or a piece of tech before I even kind of consider looking at it. I thought that was really interesting, Matt.
3: Yeah, I think advocacy advocacy is a big thing um, for sure because I think with all due respect, if someone's going to tender and, and, you know, they have a vendor pitching to them, of course, everything sounds great. And I think it really depends on your capacity to to, you know, it's like a someone gives you a ferrari to drive you know if all you're doing is going to the shops well do you really do you really need the ferrari do you know what i mean so but i think i think just to touch on your point from before kyle around i think the user experience from a candidate perspective is is a big one it's something we're obsessed with at seek it's you know the easier and 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 more simplified you can make that process for the candidate they're going to see through that process and if you're making it really easy and a, and a positive experience for that candidate and your competitors aren't, or vice versa. That gives you a real competitive advantage um, in the market. And I think one of the things that came out of the round table was that, that this, this likelihood that if a candidate had a good experience in applying for a job for a, a particular organization, they're way more likely to refer people through because it was a great experience. And I think
1: one of the other things that they really did, um, this same client I'm talking about in, in aged care, one thing that they really nailed was that it went out on lots of channels. It went out on job ads. We did a display campaign. Um, we, they used social media. They used the company's social media. They did an email around to all their contacts and et cetera, et cetera. And they led them straight back to the assessment. There was no apply and then we'll review and then we'll send you an invite. Blah, blah, blah. So the integration part of it we, it's kind of sometimes it's used as an excuse oh, if it doesn't integrate then we can't use it we can we just need to find an easier way to get candidates into the funnel and they had four one thousand four 1438 people start the assessment and end up hiring 50 people
3: in two weeks or something like that just going to ask a, a question really just to change tact a little bit clearly we're focusing a lot on bulk and volume recruitment when you start to think about more specialist health roles such as physio gp etc could a assessment tool be preventative to an application could that be a barrier to them applying what do we think about that
2: well the age of the thing that we harp on about isn't it is we we want to make it as easy as possible for these people to apply for a role and when we look at you know statistics of people who are linking out their job ads to to a apply page where people are required to you know, submit their life story or, or whatever it may be to apply for a role, um, there's always a really big drop-off. So I would still say for these really hard-to-fill roles, we want to make it as easy as possible. Um, so, yeah, I. it could be, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, be inter-
1: I'd be interested in it because it's something you'd need to ask candidates, but it's also something that we could hypothesise forever about. Someone just needs to do it. So let's let's put an assessment in front of highly specialized candidates that it's, is looking to assess the things that we want them to be able to do, and see what happens. Because I, my gut says that they would be able to do it if you give them the why, you tell them why you're assessing, asking these questions. What it's going to lead to, people are going to be more inclined to
3: complete it. If they want the job. Completely. I think if you've if it's like anything, doesn't matter what the job is, what the industry is, is if you've got the hook and they're engaged enough in your value proposition, essentially, whether that's the role or your business, they're way more likely to jump through the various loops
1: that you put in front of them. And most of these assessment tools now, the new technology, the ones we were talking about before, where they all sound great in the pitch until someone actually says, hey, how good is this? Most of them are using AI, and so they're using artificial intelligence to read the way that someone writes an answer. So you say to them, patient falls over, in your clinic, um, what do you do? Then they have to write out an answer. There's artificial intelligence behind that that is working out what they've said, is that correct? And it keeps getting smarter and smarter and smarter. So it's not that you're gonna have to go and then read 15 answers. The technology is doing that bit for you. I'm guessing there'll be some roles out there that AI just can't do yet and understand, but there's a billion different ways to boil the ocean. I think, in, in terms of actually working out how you would assess someone's ability to do task A, B, and C.
0: You could get them to film a video of them doing it. Well, that's the thing I was just thinking. It was a good question, Matt. It got me. I, I remember I ran into a director of a big uh, big sort of non-for-profit aged care provider. She was actually on a selection panel uh, for one of the big public health providers up here uh, for a senior, leader, senior role. Um, and I know it's not quite assessment, but it was sort of... A video interview video screen but I guess she said one the logistics of it was 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 kind of brilliant um, but two also the the I guess the, the selection of that candidate it really there was a lot of people could re-watch that video so a lot of so it really shifted bias out of the way uh, because people different people were in the were actually in the interview and in the meeting um, at different because they just watched the recording back and they they felt that the selection was actually far better. Uh, or far a lot fairer than a normal face-to-face meeting as such which was just maybe held between you know one two three people uh and then that person made a made a call at that point in time that that person was the best person for the role but you know when you could record it and watch it back and show it to different people then then the selection became a lot fairer so i actually think in some of those senior roles um it may it may continue on there may be more of it just because I can't help but feel, or she was saying that they felt they made a better selection um, of the candidates because they got to re watch and re look at um, the dynamics of the person in the interview. Um, I'm not sure if that answers the question you're looking for as far as on the mm. candidate side, but I think when the candidates at a senior level become higher, it might feed back into them being candidates, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah. I, do, I do wonder around the UX again, think more senior um, in healthcare. <laughs> That there is an aspect of technology and maybe this is a bit far-fetched but if you can see that an organization that is trying to attract you is investing in the best technology to make it a smooth process for you to apply could that potentially have some kind of yeah bearing on on your impression of that company and, and make you more interested i don't know i mean i think when i was in in recruitment back in the day you know i used to hire recruiters so rec to rec, and or help customers hire recruiters and recruiters by their nature uh, if they're good they're in demand and so what a lot of companies did they felt that they had to just sell to them Um, and there were definitely one or two companies at the time that were really really good at really challenging the best recruiters and more often than not the best recruiters wanted to work for them so they didn't go straight into sales pitch Um, it was like they they through their questioning they were able to show this recruiter that they were the kind of companies that they should be working for and they could learn from and progress with etc so again i'm just wondering how that might translate mm. to in the modern day into technology um again with these senior help people so I, I was a recruiter and no one ever no one ever tried to sell
1: them to sell the company to me so Mm. Um, but I will say, like, it's a really good point. Like, what's the carrot that we dangle to the, to the candidate for doing this assessment? My partner's just finishing uni and is applying for grad programs at the moment and was invited to do one of these assessments as part of that. And at the end gets a full um, personality assessment, like a DISC profile or whatever those different types of them that are out there gets the full personality profile. So understands leadership qualities from that assessment, understands the way they work, et cetera, et cetera. And so every candidate that does this assessment will get that. And I think a lot of people right now, especially if they're pivoting careers or something like that, that's a really good thing to give to someone. It's built into the assessment. We're gonna get those results anyway. They're just sharing it with the candidate.
0: Yeah, it's a perception of the company, isn't it? As you're going through the application process to the candidate, if that process is pretty seamless and pretty good, it, you kind of think, wow, okay, these, these guys are, are really good. So as, you, yeah. as a business, you start off on the right foot with that person. And actually, from that roundtable, I think they talked about that, where they really focused on candidate care over the last six months. They're starting to see retention increase, um, which 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 is actually when we talk to clients all day about job ads, they, they want to drop job ad volume, which is understandable and save money. And you can't help but fill these little things like Canada care and culture. And yeah, you know, they actually help in retention and help you save on, on job ads. So it makes a lot of sense. All right, this, is, this has been fantastic. And there's probably a lot more we can do in this space, I, I feel. Um, but anyway, let's just, we've talked a lot about this, but let's focus on a so what. what. What does this mean? What tangibles does this mean to clients if they get this, you know, or let's say assessment or technology in general? Um, if they get it right, does anyone, Kyle, do you want to lead off with with yeah, you know, what benefits for clients?
1: So far, from for everyone that I've spoken to that has either investigated, bought, and used an, an online assessment AI-based technology version of assessments, whether it be for niche roles or bulk roles, it's been efficiency and it's been accuracy, and it's helped them hire better than what they could have done themselves. So for example, a really hard to fill role that they haven't filled before. They've got real no concept of what the actual role is. It's helped them understand and get the skills, those, those kind of underlying skills of the person. And it's just a huge win for bulk recruitment and the efficiency and how quickly you can do that. But you have to nurture and you have to review the technology and the processes that you're putting into place. You have to keep it fresh. You have to water the garden so that the flowers grow
0: I think quality is good, but that's what got me. Like I went straight time, you know, speed time, but quality was another element I didn't I didn't really think about. And I thought, you know what? And what does that have as far as retention and, and quality of work and out, business output, you know, uh, quality of service, all that stuff, which is, is kind of, you know.
2: Yeah. Actually, when Seek started using these tools, they were talking about using them for roles whereby you may only potentially look at, if you if you weren't using this platform, you may only look at the top five or the top 10 people for this role and you'd screen them via phone and then you'd have them in for an interview and you'd select the number one person from that list of 10. It actually allows people to put make their list of 20, 30, 40, 50 because it's not their time that they're actually using it's the technology. And we were finding that um, that number 20 or number 30 on the list was sometimes the perfect hire. And I think there was an example of a florist that ended up being, you know, the receptionist at Seek or, or at, with one of these companies, whereby you would typically only look at the people who have reception experience, but the tra- the skills were transferable. So it also opens up your pool of candidates.
3: Yeah, for me, just to, to really reflect on what Kyle said, I think the, the the due diligence piece is a big one. So peer-to-peer advocacy, understanding who uses what and why, um, what's applicable to to your business and the resources that you've got. I think they're they're two of the key factors in addition to
0: what kyle and kara have already
3: mentioned
0: gold all right well that's that's pretty much it for a wrap up i think um i think maybe we need to talk next time a little bit around how we position technology to to lead us to get them to buy this because I'm, I'm sort of cognizant of the, of the fact that we're talking around these assessment tools and they cost a lot of money and in that round table the other day they actually covered how to how to really position it to your leaders to get it, to get the money you need. So maybe we need to cover that at a later date. But that's it for now. Um, really appreciate your time. Um, as always, please give us as much feedback as you can, good or bad. We just always want to improve and develop. Um, I hope this was um, of value to you and insightful. Um, thank you all for listening and um, talk to you next time. Bye.